We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to the Tuesday Take 5 on Rotoviz Radio. What's up, Rotoviz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Curtis Patrick. I'm joined by Dave Cabin. And for the NFL season this year, got out, you know, the crafting supplies, got out a little glitter. You know, we're we're putting a little new sheen on things uh, for the NFL season. And our Tuesday morning show is going to be called the Tuesday Take Five. We're going to do a quick rundown of five standout performers at each uh, of the main offensive skill positions and then also highlight a key metric that goes along with the fantasy performances uh, from our Monday review tool. So one thing you may not know if you're a newer subscriber or newer listener is we actually feed all of the results from the Sunday games and the Thursday night game into a tool called the Monday review. And so this is a way to look at kind of the raw data, a lot of the raw data that ends up going into our advanced stats tools, our NFL stat explorer, uh, the game splits app, all the other stuff that you love to use, you know, for matchups and, and info during the year, it's kind of just that raw dump. And then our magicians and wizards do all of their stuff usually on Monday evenings or Tuesday mornings. And then it looks pretty later in the week. So Dave and I have all this at our fingertips on Mondays when we record. So uh, you will get this in audio form first thing on Tuesday and be able to see it uh, on the site later in that day. We think you'll enjoy it. And it's also kind of a free form format where after we talk about those five players, you know, we kind of highlight what we want. So I, I'm excited about it, Dave. It's going to keep us nice and structured. Um, just to tease a little bit what we're thinking about for our other two shows during the NFL season this year, we're actually going to do a midweek dynasty show every week, Dave. We're going to we're gonna get the Dynasty Command Center uh, album back out and uh, record some new tracks. That's going to be awesome. That's going to be a midweek show. And then we're going to continue. It's been a, a great success so far. Our Thursday night live stream, which is actually a start sit show. So for those of you that aren't subscribers on YouTube yet, you're going to want to go uh, to the Rotoviz YouTube channel and subscribe there. So you'll get a notification when we go live. We're answering listener and viewer questions about their lineups every single week. And we'll also maybe highlight some of the tough spots that, you know, Dave and I are in. We've got a lot of co-managed teams. Uh, we'll share some of that journey as well. 
uh, the demand had us right at a full 30 minutes. We did that show leading right up to Thursday night football kickoff. We don't want anybody to miss that game and we want those lineups set. So the one thing that I will note is we'll get to every question that we possibly can during the stream. If you want to guarantee that your question will be answered on the, on the stream, you can actually use the super chat function, which is actually, you know, you slide Dave and I a quick little tip. We will, uh, with that donation, we will put your question on the screen. It will be on the YouTube show and we will answer it on air. If we don't get to your question during the show and it's not a super chat, we'll still answer your question. It just might not make the final cut of the episode that airs. So with all of that housekeeping, Dave, how are you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing great. Um, I went to the Patriots game yesterday, so really got to oh kick off things in fashion. I mean, I wasn't expecting a W, so, you know, it was still fun down, yeah. went down my, my brother yeah. and my father-in-law did some tailgating, good way to kick off the season, got to see some games already a ton of wild performances, wild games. Unfortunately, we've had some, you know, injuries too, that we'll have yeah. to address at some point, which is always a bummer, but I mean, it's par for the course in the NFL. So just very excited to uh, kick off this show with you. I'm also going to tease. I don't have them for this week. Maybe next week, once we get all of the tool stuff ironed up, we'll have some new sound effects for these shows. Oh, sweet, man. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, I think people like how disjointed our sound, our sound effects or, or lack thereof are, but it'll be cool uh, to incorporate all of that stuff. Um, I did not expect a win for my brownies either, Dave, but I got one. And not only did I get a win, I got a pound down of yeah. the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, Joe Burrow was just, I mean, he was in full retreat all day. That defense in Cleveland looks really, really fun. Um, so, you know, I, I was smiling ear to ear Sunday afternoon as my brother-in-law, who's a Bengals fan, was at my house to watch oh, that nice. game. So I had to kind of hide my joy a little bit. At least he's not uh, a Giants okay. fan, huh? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, the Giants man, that's fans, my Scott Barrett, man. Scott Barrett is the Giants fan that I am thinking about, yep. and I just don't know what I don't know what you say to somebody when their team loses forty to nothing on opening day. I think you just say, "Hey, you know, maybe it's a fluke. Yep. Any given Sunday, you know, that kind of thing," and you just come back on week two. So, with that, Dave, let's get into the Tuesday Take Five, starting with the quarterbacks. All right, man, I want you to hit me up with the top five performers by PPR scoring uh, at the quarterback position. You give me the, the quarterback, how he ranked, and I'm going to give you a key stat that supports sure. why he was able to do it in fantasy. So uh, the overall scorer leading the charge for quarterbacks, you have Tua Tungavailoa. Of course, everyone saw what happened in that game yesterday. Am I reading these five through, or am I letting you? No, know? just the first one, man. We're, right. Yeah, we're, right. just gonna, we're just going to air it out for everyone to listen to. We're going to go one player at a time, keep it straight, and then we can recap at the, right. at the end of the five. Right. So talk to us about Tua. So Tua, man. Okay, so he had 27 points. He had 466 passing yards um, and 495 air yards, man. Oh, my like, God. Tua was just out there just oh slinging it everywhere. When we get to the wide receiver position, we're obviously going to be talking about um, Tyree Kill, uh, who was, you know, the, the co-star of the week. You know, these guys are, you know, co-leading men in, week, in the week one story, I guess, here. But, I mean, the story for Tua is just the offense is so awesome and the weapons are so great. If he just stays healthy and he stays upright, he's going to post huge points, man. And and this was not this was not dink and dunk Tua with everything happening, yards after catch. This was Tua literally just unleashing 
uh, intermediate and downfield targets all day long. Um, over, I had 45 attempts, Dave, and still averaged over 10 yards per attempt. You know, that's pretty darn impressive. So uh, if you are to a manager, you are smiling from ear to ear and, you know, really feeling good about waiting just a minute at the quarterback position. So that one's pretty obvious, Dave, but, you know, you told me the game you attended this weekend. I think the QB2 might be a bit of a surprise. Yeah, I was not expecting to see things play out at the quarterback spot the way that they did, but... QB two after week one is Mac Jones of the New England Patriots, a team that got off to a pretty slow start too. I might add. Wow. Yeah, Mac Jones uh, over three hundred passing yards in this game, uh, fifty four passing attempts. You can already see Bill O'Brien's fingerprints all over uh, the New England New England Patriots offense. I think this, you know, while Mac Jones isn't necessarily you know even akin to an early career Tom Brady yet, what you are seeing is that this is a Patriots team that, you know, it's going to be more sensitive in, a, in adjusting to the game flow. It's going to be a true pro-style offense. They actually have an offensive coordinator that has won at a high level, and he's also been a, a head coach at a high level. So this was a different presentation for the Patriots offense, and I think it's an offense that can grow over the course of the year. I mean, Mac Jones himself, Dave, 387 air yards there, uh, only the one interception on 54 attempts. So this is, you know, really encouraging I think, you know, you know, if you're watching this Jets game that's going on as we're recording and you lost Aaron Rodgers or, you know, maybe you're like, I'm done after one week of the Russell Wilson experiment, those types of things. I think Mac Jones will be a fairly popular pickup um, after week one and, and seeing what he was able to do here with 24 fantasy points. Yeah, so major surprise there. Now, the third player. I had high hopes for, I'm sure his fan base did as well. And he actually delivered the entire team delivered. And that's Jordan love of the green Bay Packers. Green Bay comes out really dominates Chicago to open the year. Yeah. Jordan love. This is a, yeah, they, they definitely dominated, you know, this fantasy performance is carried by the strength of his three passing touchdowns and no interceptions. So, you know, protecting the ball, highly efficient, I mean, 15 for 27 for 245 and three touchdowns. I mean, if the completion percentage were a little bit higher, that's a very like vintage Rogers performance. Like, you know, you don't get the huge explosion of the passing yards, but you get the passing TDs and you have limited turnovers. You know, I was hoping to see a little bit more from Jordan Love in the rushing department. He did have 12 rushing yards. Um, I think he has the ability to maybe expand upon that. It'd be nice to see him get into that 20 to 25 to really be a guy that leaps up the boards and the, per, the completion percentage was a bit low, but he's another one, Dave, that averaged over uh, 10 yards per attempt, you know, his 27 attempts and 275 air yards. You like to see that uh, for the young, you know, first time starter. So uh, congrats to Jordan love at QB four. We've got another young end. Yeah, we certainly do. And that is Anthony Richardson, who, you know, <laughs> I gave a lot of flack to uh, in the offseason. Comes out, has a pretty good uh, first game of his career. And I believe, too, he actually also missed some time at the end. So he maybe could have had even more points put up on the, on, uh, the week one boards. Yeah, it could have it could have been better. I mean, it wasn't necessarily pretty, but it doesn't have to be pretty when you add 40 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. I mean, when, when you're bringing 10 rushing points to the table as a quarterback, I mean, just so many things are possible. I mean, he only had 223 passing yards and a passing touchdown, did have an interception too, counting against it. Took a bunch of sacks. So, you know, I think he was uh, on four sacks, probably lucky not to have a, a fumble. 
uh, added into that there. But man, I mean, considering the wide range of outcomes that everyone was talking about for Anthony Richardson, and I think it's a pretty encouraging first week, especially when you add in that, you know, Evan Hall was injured during the game. They didn't have Zach Moss, Jonathan Taylor's out. There was really a lot of things going against him. But I think that the key takeaways here with Richardson are, you know, he didn't look totally overwhelmed or like he wouldn't be equal to, you know, the task in, ahead of him. And he was able to make some connections with Michael Pittman uh, for a couple chunk plays. And the other thing I'll note about the Colts offense is uh, he had a nice early connection with Josh Downs in that game. They got a, away from it a little bit, but, you know, uh, was a very late draft pick in most fantasy drafts. But, you know, he may be a rookie to watch. There's other rookie wide receivers we'll talk about uh, throughout the week. But, you know, hey, three for 30 in your debut uh, is not not a bad showing there. Who rounds out the top five at quarterback, Dave? So we got a uh, familiar face here. Oh, I actually, I'm sorry. I skipped Justin Herbert. Actually, he and Anthony Richardson, they were tied. They were tied. Yep. Yeah. So we got Justin Herbert, and then there's also Deshaun Watson. Okay. So Herbert, you know, this is interesting because we talked, I mean, I don't, I say we as part of the fantasy community, not necessarily just this show, tons of talk about the chargers opening up their offense with Kellen Moore, you know, and Herbert, this is a nice showing, you know, it wasn't, you know, a breakout performance or anything. I mean, you know, almost 21 uh, fantasy points, you know, it's pretty nice. He had a rushing touchdown, which you always like to see from Herbert only 228 passing yards and one passing touchdown protected the ball. No, uh, turnovers there, but the story of the Chargers offense we'll get to on you know in another facet of the offense. You know they they exploded on the ground uh, much more than than in the air. And, and with Watson, I mean that Cleveland game. I don't know if you had a chance to watch that one yet, Dave, or if you're going to hit the condensed rewatch tomorrow. I mean it was a, a downpour for most of the game, and so to see Watson come in at QB six for the week. You know, he only had 154 passing yards and a passing touchdown. When you watch that game, what you're going to see is Joe Burrow just unable to even grip the ball. And Deshaun Watson was able to grip it, um, but he was consistently throwing it two and three yards short of his target. So neither quarterback had an easy time actually, you know, throwing passes. Uh, He did still take some shots down the field, 315 air yards there. The story with Watson is the rushing ability was there. He had two really nice runs that come to mind including uh, a 16 or 17 yard scamper, if memory serves, uh, 45 rushing yards and a touchdown. So very encouraging for Deshaun Watson managers as well. That concludes the take five for quarterbacks, Dave. Let's head over to the running back position. Sure. So a couple of familiar faces in here. One big surprise, though. So the leader in scoring on the week is Aaron Jones, Uh, you know, also benefiting from the play of, uh, you know, the Green Bay and Jordan Love. Well, you know, uh, Aaron Jones just undersung every single year. You know, you start scrolling across his stat line, you know, 41 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown, nine attempts. Okay, that's nice. 86 receiving yards and a receiving touchdown. I mean, you you add that in, you know, you're feeling pretty good. He had a 15% target share, which is, you know, that feels sustainable. You know, Jordan Love only attempted 27 passes, so... You know, I don't know if we can depend on 86 and a touch every week, but we probably can, you know, depend on four targets or so every week, which is going to keep Aaron Jones in that QB or that RB1 discussion throughout the year, um, which shouldn't be a surprise because he's kind of in that RB1, RB2 area for the past several seasons. So, again, the story there with Jones is the receiving work, Dave. 
certainly behind him, another familiar face, and that is Austin Eckler bringing us back to our conversation about the Chargers. Yeah, 117 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown there. Uh, he also added four receptions for 47 yards through the air. There was even more meat on the bone, but he basically split the rushing work with Josh Kelly, who also had over 90 rushing yards and the touchdown. This Chargers offense, I mean, we said it all summer, Dave, and no one, I will say this, everyone was talking about the Chargers offense passing the ball more. Nobody was talking about Joshua Kelly except this podcast. And Joshua Kelly came out and looked awesome. So uh, the early signs are that Eckler's got an ankle this week, so we'll have to watch that. You know, Kelly has a ton of contingent value, so expect to see a lot written about him in waiver uh, articles throughout the week. We hope Eckler's okay because this is exactly the type of performance you're envisioning taking him as a top five uh, draft pick in, in most drafts. Who was number three, Dave? That was Christian McCaffrey of the 49ers. But, uh, have you seen this highlight? I mean, the I long run seen. was just so awesome. I haven't. So I got through about like the highlights of about maybe six or so ga- Well. Maybe maybe four or five games last night. After we finish up here, I'm going to start working through the rest. All right. So the 49ers crushed the Steelers. Just crushed them. 30-7. to seven. Never, never close. Total domination uh, in every phase of the game. McCaffrey had 22 carries for 152 yards and a rushing touchdown. Broke a 60-plus yarder, uh, which is, I mean, it was awesome. It's great yep. to see that. And you know, with him getting a little longer in the tooth and... You know, some people speculating that, you know, Elijah Mitchell is going to be more involved or, you know, maybe we see with healthy Debo, maybe he'd take some of that. I mean, McCaffrey dominated the backfield work here. So uh, and, and from a rushing perspective, he also did get five targets, only gave us three receptions and 17 receiving yards, but you'll take 4.7 receiving uh, in a down week from McCaffrey as long as you get that rushing touchdown on the big uh, rushing output. The Niners, I mean, it's kind of hard to tell how dominant they were versus how putrid the Steelers were. So, you know, juries may be out on that. But the thing with McCaffrey is if he doesn't have that type of rushing production, he's probably going to get the receiving in those games. So, you know, nice to see Eckler and McCaffrey at 2-3 when that's what people were expecting. I think RB4, a little bit more surprising. We get a Falcons running back, just not the one you think. One of my absolute favorite things in the entire world is attending a live event. The atmosphere, the sound, all the little intricate details you can see when you're there live in person. It is just an amazing time. One of the biggest downsides though of it can be the stress and trying to find tickets before the event to make sure you get the best seats and that is where game time comes in. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over tickets start getting hyped for the fun that you're about to have game time is the place to get those last minute ticket deals and it's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason exclusive flash deals on all the events coming up and you can buy tickets in a matter of seconds two taps and you're set and you can snag tickets today without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account in Use the code RotoViz for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code RotoViz for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, so this was really surprising. Uh, I guess very fun, though, to see that we end up having Tyler Algier remain relevant at least through week one, but pretty impressive line when you look at the work that he was able to garner in this opening game, you know, despite having that, uh, you know, dynamo in Bijan Robinson joining the squad. Well, the Falcons offensive line is so good. Uh, we had great articles on the site about the Falcons line uh, a couple times in August. I think Thomas Zimmer does that work for us, Dave. And I mean, Algier and Robinson both had over five yards of carry. Not a surprise at all. I mean, Algier was a thousand yard rusher last year after all, but the two rushing touchdowns from in close are notable. And he even got three targets here, Dave. I mean, Ritter basically was afraid to throw the ball anywhere except to the backs. So I, I, I'm worried about all people in Atlanta, not named Bijan or Algier. Like, literally, worried. it's a death knell for these Panic They're going to have to do something. So high, the panic meter is off the charts. Yeah. yeah, it's it's yeah, it's the the mercury has blown out the top of the thermometer at this point. So you know the thing with Algier here is you know it's the standalone value. You know we we talked about Josh Kelly having standalone value, a little bit more surprising. Algier yeah. having standalone value less surprising. One thing that I will note is that as the game went on, Algier got more of the fourth quarter stuff in yeah. a close game. So in a different type of game, it's possible that he doesn't end up with quite this carry share. He actually outcarried Bijan 15 to 10. I could see some situations where, you know, overall the rushing attempts are a little bit lower and we see Bijan expand uh, upon his six targets. 
Um, you know, he missed our top five by a couple points because of his usage. But yeah, this is great for Algier. I think you have to look at him as kind of a borderline RB2, RB3 after this week, or certainly just a flex play consideration when you when you think of the Falcons being able to run the ball effectively and him getting those touches from in close. Who rounds out the take five at the running back Dude, position, there, there, Dave? There's a lot of guys that we've talked about a lot over the years, and it's really great to see Tony Pollard round out our Ooh. top five. Tony, baby. Yeah, for, he, he got the usage, and I mean, it, you wonder how much more impressive this one could have been. I mean, it just got out of hand because of the Dallas defense. I mean, they went, when you went 40 to nothing, yeah. you know, you're not really worried about pushing more targets or more carries to Pollard. You know, he had 14 rushing attempts for 70 yards and two touchdowns. So five yards of carry very much in line with what you'd expect from him. He did have three targets, just two receptions for 12 yards. There uh, did have a fumble. If you're noticing, you know, Hey, I would have expected a, a few more points from him. So he did, did have a fumble there. But yeah, I mean, it's encouraging. I think if you're a fantasy manager, you can't be mad about 22 PPR, but you're also wondering how many points would he had if, if Dallas won 31 to 21. Um, so, you know, I, jury's still out on there. One, one danger could be if the Dallas defense really is this good all year, what, will it put a bit of a cap on Pollard in that, that middle to, to lower end RB1 territory? But hey, for week one, he finishes up at RB five. We had a number of other players post impressive performances. We'll give a quick honorable mention to Travis Etienne and Bijan Robinson, who also crested twenty PPR. Let's hit the wide receiver take five, Dave, because there's a couple, actually two two really surprising names. Yep. One redemption story, and then two not so surprising names. So obviously. As everybody knows, you could take Tyreek Hill's performance, chop it in half, and he would oh he would gosh. still be in this discussion here, potential like in second place, I think. So we have Tyreek Hill in that onslaught uh, over the weekend. I mean, so Tyreek Hill, two hundred fifteen receiving yards, fifteen targets, eleven receptions, two receiving touchdowns. I mean, Dave, he had nine first downs. He had a thirty four percent target share. He had a 45% air yard share. And I told you to a threw for over 400 air yards and Tyreek had 45% of those. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, geez, you know, he's, he said he wants to be the first receiver to crest uh, 2000 receiving yards. I mean, great way to do it is to get 215 in week one. You know, it's a, a pretty nice pace to set. So behind him going back to that San Francisco Pittsburgh game, we have Brandon Ayuk as this week's wide receiver too. It doesn't get much more efficient than what we saw from Ayuk this week. He had eight receptions on eight targets, 129 receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns. He also really looked like a man possessed out there uh, laying huge blocks for McCaffrey in the run game. I mean, he looks really special uh, in this game. I don't know if he was amped up for the Steelers or if all of the camp reports from this summer about him just kind of taking that leap forward are going to come to to pass. I mean, 32.9 PPR from Ayuk. In, in a an offense like San Francisco, where you know maybe that number could be passed around to to Kittle or Debo in some weeks, you know you still maybe have that worry a little bit. This felt a little bit different as you watch this uh, Niners Steelers game. It felt more like Ayuk was a focal point of the offense along with uh, McCaffrey. So we're gonna have to keep an eye on that, not just for you know I mean for start sit at this point it's a foregone conclusion that Ayuk's gonna be in there. But I think for dynasty purposes and then also for redraft trade value uh, purposes, 
we'll keep an eye on that. He did have a 29% target share too, which feels like a, a, a moderate victory in the 49ers um, spread out attack. So this next player is particularly interesting to me because I actually had conversations about this player heading to the game and leaving the game and talking about how good this player actually was. And that's Jacoby Myers in his first game in Las Vegas out of New England really kind of erupts and emerges as what could be a very key player for the Raiders. Unfortunately for fantasy managers, the wrong Las Vegas Raider finds himself at number three on this list. I mean, no one would have been surprised if you said there was going to be a Raider wide receiver three in week one. Everyone would have been surprised for it to say that it's not Devontae Adams. I mean, 10 targets, nine receptions, 81 receiving yards and two touchdowns. I don't think we're going to see a pair of touchdowns from Myers too many times this year, but Hey, if you're going to soak up 38% target share from Jimmy G, I mean, you're going to have some games. I mean, you just take both of these touchdowns away, Dave, and he still has 17.1 PPR. So, I mean, Myers looks like he's going to be a force. I mean, you, you'd see a bigger output than he had in, in New England in the past couple of years where he's more of a bargain player. You know, he was a streamable wide receiver, four or five type, 100, 150 half PPR points, that type of thing. I mean, this looks like a, a good marriage uh, here at the beginning of the season with Jimmy G. So we'll keep an eye there. And uh, a guy stepping up to fill his shoes in New England at wide receiver four. Yeah, so we have Kendrick Bourne, despite a downpour in New England, landing in the top five this week. Yeah, two two receiving touchdowns. Bourne has been, had this kind of splashy production in the past. He was at 6.64 and two on 11 targets. Now, you know, we saw that, you know, Mac Jones threw the ball, 50 plus times. So we see a, just a 20% target market share on those 11 targets. So we'll have to be aware of what's going on there. There could be some games where, you know, Mac keeps it down in the, the high twenties, low thirties, maybe this target volume gets cut in half. But if you think about the context of this performance, Juju didn't look totally right. And so I, you know, I think beyond Hunter Henry, who we'll talk about the tight end position here in a minute, I mean, it is kind of wide open when you think about who might emerge as uh, the the focal point in the wide receiver game there. We know that Ramondre and Zeke are going to get theirs out of the backfield. Hunter Henry's going to get his at the tight end position. But, man, you know, let's keep an eye on, on Bourne. I'm not rushing the waivers to add Bourne quite yet, but it's an encouraging performance for best ball drafters. And we will round things out with a name that we have not talked about from having played in the game in a while. And that is Calvin Ridley in his first game as a Jaguar. Yeah. He was kind of a revelation. It felt like this could have been a lot bigger. He got off to such a hot start in the first half, Dave. I mean, he closes the game with eight receptions, 101 yards and a touchdown did have a fumble uh, there, a hundred air yards on the 11 targets. So, you know, being used um, in an encouraging way there, 34% target share. The, the takeaway from this Jags offense is they looked highly potent. And even if really isn't going to be always the number one option, he's going to be the number two option when he's not the number one. And the Jags look like they're going to be leveling up this year. So uh, I think it's probably not too early to wave a flag of victory on Ridley when you just consider how impressive he looked doing this, um, you know, regardless of the box score. You know, he, he seems to be back in his, you know, prime Falcons form here again. That's the take five for the wide receiver position. Let's take a look at tight ends, which was an abomination. I'm hoping, Dave, that as we record this, uh, that on Tuesday morning when people listen, they're like, you guys left out Dalton Kincaid. 
um, because we could use one more big performance because uh, this this was bad. Or Dawson Knox, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So three touchdown game for Dawson Knox. Yeah, the okay. tight end one, a player probably drafted onto a lot of rosters, definitely in FFPC leagues, but not actually in starting lineups. And that is Hunter Henry. Yeah, Hunter Henry, man. You know, actually, two, three, three of these five tight ends were like our most rostered tight ends in best ball. Yep. So that feels good. And, and one of them is on like every main event team that we had. Pretty so much. that, that makes yeah. us feel good. Um, Hunter Henry actually is on one of those squads. And so, you know, one of the things that people were talking about was, you know, will the Patriots go back to more 11 personnel with Kasiki. He was a really buzzy guy earlier in the season, but with Bill O'Brien back here, it kind of just looks like Hunter Henry's going to go back to uh, the effectiveness that we saw from him you know, back in 2021 with the Patriots and even dating back to his time with the Chargers, um, a very, you know, clutch Hunter Henry type of lines, uh, five receptions, five uh, or 56 receiving yards and receiving touchdown, only 11% target share. So you do have to watch out for that. But the receiving touchdown is the encouraging thing with Henry. It's always kind of been his calling card is a higher touchdown rate than normal for the tight end position. And that was the buzz all camp in new England was that, you know, uh, Mac Jones really only has eyes for Hunter Henry in close to the end zone. So to see that come to fruition in week one, encouraging for people who waited at the tight end position and another guy kind of similar skill set here at tight end two. Yeah. So we have Hayden Hurst, uh, you know, in his first game as a Panther coming out, getting a tight end two finish. Yeah. 541 and one. I mean, that's your tight end too. <laughs> you get, you get 15.1 and a half PPR. You can get another two and a half sprinkled on there and tight end premium. You'll take it all day long. You get like five or six of those from Hayden Hurst this year. And you are just rolling in dough uh, in, in your best ball shares and tight end premium formats. The Panthers offense looks a bit of a mess. They're going to need that wide receiver core to get healthy and Bryce young a bit overmatched in the first week. So, you know, I expect him to continue to pepper, Hayden Hurst with some of these short uh, targets. I mean, he just had 57 air yards on the seven targets. And you know, that's quite fine by me as long as they get down in the, you know, near the end zone once or twice a game to give him a shot at the, the touchdown every other week. So finally, a name here that I think would not come as a surprise, and that's TJ Hawkinson, of course, playing in a game that was a surprise as the Buccaneers get the best of the Vikings. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Hawkinson's rolling in with 11 and a half PPR here at tight end three, eight <laughs> receptions for 35 yards. I mean, I don't know what else we're really going to say about this. Um, he did have a 20% target share. Um, and I think there's going to be some games where it makes sense for Kirk to get Hawkinson down the seam. But Jefferson and Addison were just having their way uh, with the opposing defense. And you know, this was a game where, hey, even though Hawkinson didn't really get his, if you're going to give me eight receptions from a tight end, I'm not going to be too upset about it. You know, he didn't end up being a, you know, a cornerstone, you know, lineup advantage type of guy in week one, unfortunately. But, you know, you do like to see nine targets for your tight end. So Hawkinson, the newly paid uh, Viking, you know, getting the usage one would expect at least. So, there were a number of players on that Chargers roster that I think people would have been happy to see Justin Herbert connect with for a touchdown. <laughs> it's Donald Parham, not quite as high on my list as, uh, you know, maybe some other people out there, but he does score a receiving touchdown in this, this high scoring game against the Dolphins yesterday. 
And it was the only receiving touchdown that a Chargers uh, pass catching target would would garner. So there's not, I mean, there's nothing to see here. He got three targets. You know, he scored a touchdown. You know, nobody's adding Donald Parham this week, but it, it it is illustrative of the struggles at the position across the fantasy landscape in Week One. Now, tight end five, Dave, and again, you know, we've got to preface this with some of the top guys at the position didn't play this week, but you know, we told you on. No, this Jaguar, didn't we? Yeah, we certainly did. We talked about Evan Ingram a lot. He ended up on a lot of our teams. One could say, you know, maybe next week it's Christian Kirk, not Evan Ingram. It's still nonetheless fun to see him finish in the top five at tight ends for week one. Yeah, uh, caught all five of his targets efficiently for 49 yards. So about almost 10 yards of reception. You like to see it. And, you know, the thing with Ingram that he brings to the table a little bit better than most uh, tight ends in the league is that yak ability. He did actually have 23 of his 49 receiving yards after the catch. So uh, I would look for the Jags to maybe try to expand upon that uh, in week two. So that's your take five uh, for Tuesday, Dave, five players at each of the positions, some key stats on how they made it happen in fantasy. We'll continue to expand upon this format and week our week two review our week three recording the next week that is but hey you got to tune into the fantasy football podcast here on rotoviz radio later in the week because we're going to hit some dynasty and then we're going to have our start sit show so make sure that you're subscribed to this channel and make sure you're subscribed to the rotoviz youtube channel and you won't miss a beat thank you for listening to the rotoviz fantasy football show send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.